Thank you for listening to this message from Mount Olive Church. We hope you enjoy it. of the assembly numbers permitted by our governor because Jesus is in the house. I wish that I could describe to you what I feel in this building this morning. Amazing. Absolutely amazing the presence of God. And I would just suggest to you that at your that are home or wherever you may be in California, Europe, Florida, New York, wherever you are, reach out and touch him as he passes by. You don't have to be in the house to be touched by his presence. I am so excited. I am so excited to be able to come this morning. I was honored when my pastor, Stevie Jacobs, asked me would I bring a message this morning. It's going to sound cheesy to you, no pun intended. You'll understand that a little bit later. But God is getting ready to do something. If you're not willing... And you're not ready, but you're able, we're going to get you off your spot this morning. We are going to encourage you to be ready for the inevitable. Welcome to this service today at Mount Island Pentecostal Holiness Church. I want to encourage you to just continue to worship and to sense and to feel and to be moved by His presence want to give a huge shout out to our praise and worship team, our sound and technicians. You know, you might think all this is easy, but it ain't easy until they do what they do, and then that makes what I'm doing very easy. I just feel like the house is full of people. I want to start out by telling you a quick story. Several years ago, God called my wife and I to plant a church. And when he called us, he didn't call but three of us. That was myself, my wife, and her sister. And you know, I'm kind of a, I'm anti-social distancing. I don't do well with this stuff. I'm a hugger. I'm a shaker. I like to get up in your space. I like you, I like to feel our connection together and I was troubled that after God called me to do this that there weren't a mass of people so one day I was over in the church and it was totally empty it was the epitome of social distancing and I cried out and I said God how do you expect me to preach to an empty building Very clearly in my spirit, God spoke to me. He said, my presence has filled the house. Don't be offended. I'd rather have him than you anytime. You're welcome here, but he's always welcome. This is not our house. This is his house. We are the church. Father, this morning we welcome you. We cry out to you. In our frailty and our inabilities to even communicate sometimes. Father, we just acknowledge that this house is full this morning with your presence. Father, it is my prayer. 
that your Holy Spirit will speak through me to your people, wherever they may be right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I want to encourage you to begin to think about being interactive during this service. This is one time that we want you to have your phone out. This is one time that we want you to be busy on your phone. We need to know that you are hearing what we're doing and listening to what we're saying and that God is speaking to you through all of this that we do here at the church. I want to thank again my pastor, Stevie Jacobs. What an awesome leader, assembled an awesome team. And I'm just honored to be a very, very small part of what God is doing here. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. Now, I just want to tell you, that i got a clock back here in the back. I've got three different numbers on it, so I don't have a clue which one of those I'm supposed to pay attention to. So I'll do my best, I promise. I want to thank you for joining us today. I, I just whispered something to Pastor V, uh, Pastor v when we started. The Lord just spoke to me and said, You are speaking to the world through this platform. There are no megachurches. There are no big eyes and little U's. God's the big man. We're the little man. And I'm excited about that. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. Verse 52 says, at the conclusion of verse 52, and we shall be changed. We're going to talk about that little word this morning, change. Now, I've been putting the word out this week that my message was, who moved my cheese? And I'll get to the cheese. Because the cheese is very important. I'm just going to change your definition and understanding of what cheese is. Experts say that change is the only constant. That change is the only constant. I don't know if you agree with that or disagree with that, but it's a fact. The only thing that remains the same is the thing that's changing. Change. Most people resist change. Now, if you want to help us here at the church with this new medium that we're working with, if you agree with something that we say, just give us a thumbs up. Shout amen, but give us a thumbs up anyway. Because we need to know that you are being blessed, challenged, stretched, and changed by what we're doing here. Change happens without your input. Change is going to take place whether you like it or not. Well, I don't like change. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't want to do it that way. That doesn't matter either. Well, I, I like the way things have always been. That's okay. That's okay. That don't mean it's not going to change. I thought I was going to use this stool, but it won't work. I'm going to have to stand up. Blessings. There are warning signs. When you go get your driver's license, you know, you take a sign test. And the one that's shaped like a triangle, I guess, triangle, are warning signs. There's something ahead. I want to tell you that there are plenty of signs right now that change is in the air. If you don't believe it, just open your eyes. Things ain't the way they used to be. And they are changing rapidly. I want to I just tell you something. I want you to hear me clearly. I welcome the change that is taking place. You know, when I was young, I used to realize that all these older people were stubborn and didn't like change. And now I look around even today, and I'm the oldest guy in the room. And I find myself being the oldest guy in the room often 
But I want to tell you, I'm not resistant to change unless it makes me uncomfortable. And then I don't like it. So let me give you five reasons that people resist change. People fear being different than what they've always been. When you first got saved and you were a drunk, you were a drug addict, you were a street walker, you were a bar hanger, you were whatever, whatever, whatever. When you got changed and Jesus came into your life, you were actually uncomfortable around the people that you used to be around. Because something happened and you were changed. And if you didn't feel uncomfortable, I just want you to check your change. Did you really change? Because I want to tell you something. When things change, people get uncomfortable. We are creatures of habit. You ever heard that statement before? How about this? That's the way we've always done it. Whoopee. Nobody but you may have liked it the way you've always done it. Well, this new generation, these young people, you know, I, I was in the closet today trying to get ready to come. My wife could verify for this. I put on a casual pair of pants and a casual shirt and had my shirt tail out, and I said, what does this look like? Mm, that ain't you. So I went and changed pants and put on another shirt. And, How about this? How does this look? Well, she didn't say nothing, but I could just kind of see it in her eyes. So then I said, well, I'm going to do it this way. Well, that coat don't match those pants. And I was trying to be comfortable. Church, listen to me. God's trying to get us uncomfortable. And until we are willing to go into the furnace before the Son of God, Son of Man gets in the furnace, we got to go in there first to be changed. When they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, they threw them in there, three men tied and bound. And then the king said, did we not throw three men in there? Yes, sir. Well, I see a fourth man. And he's likened unto the Son of God. Church, we got to be willing to change. You see, what we want to do is we want to see what it's going to look like first. I want to paint my house, but I need you to put me a spot on the wall over here. Don't you know that a spot on the wall does not tell you what the room's going to look like when it's painted? Well, I think I want me a yellow car, but I need a, a, a test plot. If you want a yellow car, you want a yellow car. And if you want to be changed, you're going to have to be willing to change. I just want to tell you this. God made you and I a free moral agent. God's not going to make you do nothing. Now, some of us remember when we had to follow the rules. I just want to tell you, church, we still have to follow the rules. God's rules. God's rules. John 20 and 25 said, we have seen the Lord, this was his disciples, but he said, Thomas said, until I see the nail marked in his hand and can put my finger where the nails were and place my hand into the wound in his side, I will not believe. Poor Thomas. May I suggest to you today that the church is full of Thomases? May I also suggest to you that this generation is not looking for someone who can't be changed. I'm telling you today that if we're going to reach this generation, we're going to have to reach them the way they understand. So if you got a problem with the T-shirt or Converse tennis shoes or no ties or all this kind of stuff, you're going to have to be willing to change. Because Jesus is soon returning. He said, I'm coming after my bride who's adorned, not in a three-piece suit, 
not looking like great-grandmama did. He said, I'm coming for a church that is ready, watching and waiting for my return. And when you least expect it, when you least expect it, it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I love change. Second reason, people feel overwhelmed. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I like that. Uh, no, let somebody else do that. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get on stage. I, 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 I don't want to be in the sound booth. Listen, if you don't feel overwhelmed sometimes, you're not following close enough. Number three, people fear to depart from their normal. Some people are just content to be where they've always been. I want to tell you something. You may live in a big old house and drive a big old car and have a big old bank account. Some people are uncomfortable with that. That ain't for everybody. And I might even suggest that it might not be best for you. Because that's where your cheese is. I'm close. Number four, people lack trust in leadership. Most people do not want to follow. If I can't be on the starting five, I don't want to be on the bench. Go home. There's somebody else that's willing to sit on the bench. I heard Dean Smith say one time, the best players I got sit on the bench because they make my starting five better every single day. So are you not willing to be changed to make things better? We're still talking about change. Number five, change brings new possibilities and new problems that you may never have thought about. Maybe you could be like the man in the Bible who said, no, 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 don't send me. I, 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 I can't talk. I stutter. God said, I'll send somebody with you. How about the man in the Bible who couldn't hold his hands up any longer? And God said, I'll provide someone to hold your hands for you. God is not going to call you to do something that he's not willing to empower you to do. Well, God, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. I, I, I don't see it. You don't have to see it. In fact, some of the people with the best senses of all are someone who's lost one of their senses. A person that's blind has an incredible ability to hear. A person who can't speak has an incredible ability to express themselves through other emotions. God is not going to call you to do something that he doesn't empower you to fulfill that calling. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you, even to the ends of the earth. So let's talk about this, who moved my cheese. I want to give you just a little introduction to this, who moved my cheese. About five years ago, I was sitting in a team meeting with some incredibly gifted young men. Again, I'm the oldest guy in the room. I want to tell you, the age on your calendar does not determine the intelligent level that you have. Just let you know that. There's some kids that are smarter than some adults I know. But we were given a piece of paper and said, read this. Okay. No, read it now. So we're sitting around a table, three pages, four pages, whatever it was, and we were told to read it right then. Well, you know how that goes, don't you? Okay, I got it. No, let's read it. Let's read it. So I read it. And it sparked something inside of me. This young man who was leading this meeting happened to be my son, 21, 22 years old, maybe 23. Um, 
And, I, you know, I really thought I was smarter than everybody else. You ever felt that way? I mean, I own this joint. I'm the boss. I, I'm the head of this house. I'm the only one that knows everything. You ever felt that way about yourself? Let me just chunk this out at you. This is a nugget. He that thinketh himself something, take heed lest he fall. You're really not all that. You just think you are. And until you're willing to change your way of thinking, you'll always be running into the walls. So there's a story. It's a cartoon. It's the number one tool used in America for management and leadership training. And it's a cartoon. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? You can go online and look it up. Go on YouTube. It's a story about four characters. Two mice and two little people. The two mice's names were Sniff and Scurry. The two little people's names was Him and Hall. Now don't get ahead of me because I got a good sermon here in this part. The cheese, who moved my cheese? The cheese represents anything that you think is yours, that you own, and that you have accomplished. Well, I'm a licensed contractor. I got my license. If you feel that way, that's your cheese. Well, I'm the best school teacher at my school. I get awards all the time. Then that's your cheese. Positions, titles, things, and habits. Those are things that represent the cheese in your life. Well, I don't even like cheese. Well, I don't either. But they don't change the fact that those things represent cheese in this story. So the cheese represents anything that you feel is yours, and it does not need to change in your opinion. So these four characters lived in a maze. And they would go through the maze every day, and they would find their cheese, and they would eat their cheese. So let's just make for the assumption of this story that the maze represents where you look for your cheese. Now, we talked about being a creature of habit. You ladies that go to the grocery store, you go to the same pattern all the time. I was in the grocery store yesterday, and they got a sign that says, Go this way only. Don't go down this aisle that way. Go down this aisle this way. And I heard a lady say, ain't nobody going to tell me what way to go down no aisle. Because she's a creature of habit. Somebody said, maybe if you don't like the sign, go to the grocery store down the street. You don't have to shop here, but if you shop here, this is what you're going to do. You see, that lady's cheese, was her, her maze was, was that she went to the grocery store and that's how she did it. How about this? That's my seat. I've sat there my whole life. My mama sat there. My grandmama sat there. My grandmama paid for that stained glass window beside that seat. And I'm going to sit there. And if you get there, I'm going to tell you to move. That's your cheese in your mind. You can give a thumbs up right about there. Every one of us knows somebody like that. Every single one of us. Pastor, can you believe that they parked in my parking space? I cannot believe that somebody, they must be crazy, parked in my parking space. That's your cheese. The maze represents where you look for your cheese. Eventually, some, every one of us has to deal with the handwriting on the wall. Some of us accept the challenges of change, and others refuse. Two mice, sniff and scurry. Two little people, him and ha. Sniff and scurry, and him and ha. Went to cheese station number C. Same place every day to the C. Station C, cheese, cheese. They were looking for cheese. They were in the same maze. They went to the same cheese station every single day. However, sniff and scurry, sniff, smelling for cheese, scurry, running around, put their tennis shoes around their neck in case they had to go find something else. Him and Ha showed up a little bit later every day. They loafed in. They loafed back out. They didn't worry about tomorrow. They didn't worry about anything. In fact, they would not change, period. 
sniff and scurry, raced off in the maze and followed the smell, hit the walls, ran into the walls because they were in such a hurry. They just bounced off the walls and they just kept going. But this is what happened. Brother Mike, eventually, guess what happened? The cheese ran out. Well, him and Ha said, there's enough cheese here to last forever. Sniff and scurry said, hey, this pile's getting a little low. What we ought to do is come here in the morning to get us a bite of cheese, and then we ought to go looking for some more cheese. I would suggest to you today that we need some more sniffs and scurries in the house. How can we better reach the world? How can we better reach this generation? The way you've always done it ain't going to happen. That ain't it. Church, we have to be willing to change. I wish I had the time to go into the depth of this story about how detailed it applies to the church. But what I will tell you is this. They all wanted the same thing. They wanted cheese. What do we want? We want a nice building. We want a great pastor. We want a great musicians. We want a great sound system. We want a great this. We want a great that. But I'm telling you, church, we've learned recently that God's got a different plan. The way we thought church was ain't necessarily the way God had it all planned out. And what I would suggest to you is, is that if we're not willing to change, we're going to end up like he and Ha was. Very quickly, the story went like this. Sniff and Scurry ran around every day. They'd go by and get them some cheese, and they kept looking for cheese. And guess what they found? They found a bigger pile of cheese. And it was way off in the maze. And they would come back, and they would say to him and Ha, we found cheese. No, I don't want a new cheese. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I want the same cheese, the same way, the same place, just like I've been getting it every single day. That's what I want. If you're not willing to change, you are going to go hungry. Hear me, church. If you're not willing to change, you're going to starve spiritually. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be him and ha. That's not hee-haw, that's him and haw. After several days, him decided that he needed to find some more cheese. Haw wouldn't go. No, I'm not going. I want my cheese. I want it at the same place and the same time, the same way. I'm telling you right now. How about this? If you change pastors, I'm leaving. If you change the music, I'm leaving. If you change the way the sanctuary was when my grandmama built it, I'm leaving. If you think I'm going to get up there and listen to that rock and roll music, church, let me tell you something. When I was a little boy, I went to the deadest churches you could go to. And I came in here today, and when I walked in the building, I sensed, I embraced the presence of God. With all these lights and all this stuff, and all this vacancy of vacancy of people. Church, I'm telling you, God is in the house. But it ain't this building. It's us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to be changed, we have to be willing to go find the new. We are not going to win this generation doing what we've always done, expecting a different result. It ain't going to happen. I won't even tell you what that's the definition of because somebody might be offended for it. But I will tell you this. Sniff and Scurry put writings on the wall. They made notes of the lessons they learned while they were seeking for cheese. And every day they went back and forth. They went by those lessons that they learned. I suggest to you that we need to look at our history, but we need to keep looking for new cheese. And we need to write down what we've learned. The new generation calls it journaling. Writing down what's going on. You know what you old, old, us old folks call that? You ain't got nothing else to do. You must be bored. You know what the new generation is saying? We don't need cable TV. We're going to use our $168 a month for something else. Can you imagine 
not having cable TV and not being able to watch 47 ball games, 32 golf tournaments, 62 NASCAR races, all this, that, and the other. Can you imagine actually having the time to turn your television off and spend time with your family and your children? I believe that God has allowed us, so that I won't be misquoted, I did not say God sent the coronavirus. I said, I believe that God has allowed us to go through this environment to learn how to change. We call it stay home order. You know what some people call that? Communism. You go when I say go. You come when I say come. You go where I say go. You stay as long as I say go. And you know what some people say? I ain't studying all that. Church, I'm telling you something. We have to learn to be willing to change. Sniff and Scurry found the cheese. You know what they did? They wrote their life lessons on the wall. I would suggest to you that we start learning lessons worth writing down. And if you're not learning something very often, you're stagnant. Stagnant water doesn't smell good. It breeds trouble with mosquitoes. And eventually it dries up. I want us to be a flowing river of information and change. Him and Hall refused to change. Sniff and Scurry found more, station, more cheese. Everywhere they went, they found more cheese. They found more cheese. In fact, what they did is they got fat. They got fat. Church, please hear my heart. I want us to become overwhelmingly obese with the power of God. We live in a society, and I'm one of them, I asked my granddaughter this afternoon before I left, how does this look? And I stood to the side, and she kind of snickered. She says, come on, Pops, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. I asked Mike a while ago, how does this look? How does this look? He said, you really want to know? I said, well, let me make it easy for you. I probably need to lose 20. He said, yeah, probably so. I asked for it. But am I willing to change if I'm uncomfortable with this, am I willing to do what it takes to change? I'm not telling you to go on a diet, don't you? I'm just telling you that if I want to be different, i got to be willing to change. I'm close. Hang with me. That was for yesterday, they said. What would you do if you were not afraid? What would you do if you were not afraid of change? What would you do if you decided that it made no difference what the consequences were, that for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? Well, how about if I lose my job? How about if I lose my house? How about if I lose this, that, and the other? The Bible says a man, if he gained the whole world, and lose his soul, what does it profit him? We have to be willing to change. Ha got it right. Finally got it right. Wrote it lessons on the wall to guide him. Uh, listen to this. Imagine finding cheese, new cheese, before I found out what it leads me to find. Imagine finding new cheese but before I found out, it leads me to keep looking. So that's what, what that's saying is when you change a little bit, be willing to change a lot. We live in an ever-changing environment. I don't want to sound pessimistic, but you can quote me on this. As our pastor Stevie says, you can tweet this. We will never go back. To the way we were. And if we do, we've missed a great crisis to be changed. This world, this generation, this town, this people are not interested in what grandmama and granddaddy did. We need something new and fresh. I'm just letting that sink in a minute. The more I change, the more I can smell the prize. 
the more I change, the more I can smell the prize. Scripture says something like this. Faith is the substance of things. Let's just throw the word cheese in there if you don't mind. Faith, faith is the substance of cheese. Hope not yet found. Things not yet found. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. If you're not willing to change, you might be determining and exemplifying your level of faith. I don't trust my pastor enough to follow him. I don't trust the congregation enough to put myself out there and go up there and be prayed for because I don't want everybody to know my business. I, I, I'm just not comfortable with all that new stuff they got going on. You may be the only one not comfortable. And I say this with love. This ain't about me and you. This is about him and the Father. We are the salt of the earth and the light in a dark generation. You are not going to win this generation with two generations ago's activities. Now, let me just, because I'm going to be criticized, I know that. Some of you have tried to send me a message and not let me find out who it is. I believe that the gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never change. In fact, the scripture says this. God will never change. He's never changed. He doesn't need to change. He's perfect. But I don't know whether you know it or not, but you and I are not perfect. We have to change to become more like him and less like us. Well, he created me in his own image, in his own likeness. But he didn't create you, God or Jesus. He created us to want to be like him. And the more I serve him, the better it gets. I want to say it again. Brother V, if you could come join me here and just give me just a little bit of background music. I just want to share this with you. When I came in this building today, I sensed the presence of an almighty God. And it's life-changing. And if we can ever figure out how to take what I felt today and take it to those people out there on that internet, on that platform, to the world who is dying without a Savior, depression, medication, pills, alcohol, drugs. Never have we seen that be on such a rampant pace. I will tell you, we're in competition for the lost. The devil knows he's a liar and he's defeated. But we don't act like we know that. We're in a battle. We're in a war for those lost and dying souls. Jesus came and said, it is finished. He did all he could do, Mike. He's already done it all. Jesus, give me, give me, give me. He's already given it all to you. Every promise in this book is yours. Every chapter, every verse, and every line is yours. It speaks to you. Every single word in here is directed to you personally. Every lesson is to teach you something. Oh, God, if you would just change sister so-and-so, I would be so much happier. And God is saying, if I could change you, she's okay. It takes faith to change. I'm not changing. You might not have very much faith. I like it the way it was. You may have a was faith. I was telling my wife yesterday, we were riding down at Lake Walkamon when the man built the canal down there and dug a canal and sold lots on the lake. And he, my daddy told me, he said, you can't give these lots away. And he said, I'm trying to. But you see, people don't want to be on the water in 1952 when there ain't no breeze and there ain't no air conditioning. Well, now, if you could tear all those houses down on the side where there's no breeze, 
They're tearing them down left and right. Building big old castles almost. You know why? Because they got five air-conditioned units. They don't care whether they got... They don't even want to go outside. They want to stay with the cable TV and the satellite and all this kind of stuff. Church, we have to be willing to change. Now, how am I supposed to tie all this in with what my pastor charged me to do? I can do it real quickly. The way we've done it is not just okay. I'm going to tell you, I love my grandmother. I tell the story a lot. You've heard it. I, if I haven't told you, it's because you ain't listened. My grandmother used to dance around a pot belly stove with flat shoes on in a hardwood floor that you could see through almost through the floor. And her hair would string all around that furnace, and she never touched it. But I'm telling you, we're not living in a pot belly stove society. You ain't going to get people to come to church where there's no comfort. They're not going to. We got to go to where people are. We got to take this gospel to them in their maze and show them the new cheese. If you want to win the lost, be willing to change. Church, I'm 64, five years old this year. I grew up with a red hymnal. I grew up with a piano and a Hammond organ. I grew up singing Amazing Grace, all those hymnals that we love so dearly. But I'm telling you right now, it will not reach this generation. Does that make me right and them wrong? Absolutely not. I'm telling you right now, when they were doing praise and worship a while ago, I expected God to walk down the aisle. These people that were up here singing didn't see these lights. They didn't sense. They, they embraced God. And I'm telling you something. I tell my granddaughter all the time. I ask her about so-and-so. No. I say, no, sir. No. No, sir. And by that time, I would have been unconscious at my house. But I want her to love me. I got to get over my old stubborn ways. So I'm going to close with a quick story. And I want you to get your hearts ready. I've referenced my granddaughter a little bit too much. But she's six. She's precious. I have five grandchildren. Excuse me, I have four grandchildren, three step-grandchildren, and I got one on the way. And I thank God for every single one of them. But my granddaughter who lives here, is an outdoor freak. She loves it outside. She don't like it in the house. Gets up on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, she's going outside. We want to rest. Well, you need to change. I'm going outside. You go with me. She rides her bike all the time. This past week, she had a flat tire. So she, my wife asked me, would I go get it fixed? So what do I do? I go get it fixed. I go to Walmart, buy a tube. Take it off, put it back on. I didn't even have to put the chain back on. Seriously, be willing to change. Pump it up with air, bring it home. I make this decision, Brother Mike, why I'm coming back. I'm going to take the training wheels off that thing. I come home and I said, Kenzie, that's her name. Kenzie Pops took your bicycle training wheels off. Uh-uh, Pops, I got ballots. You need, you need to go buy me some ballots at Walmart. I ain't got no ballots. I can't ride that bicycle without the wheels on it. I said, well, we're going to take them off anyway. I'll teach you. Her mama says, don't take those wheels off. I don't want my daughter getting hurt. Church, we got to be willing to get hurt. We got to be willing to get scuffed up a little bit. We took them off. I can't do it, Pops. I can't do it. I'll fall. I don't have any balance. So we ride down the sidewalk together, and I'm holding the steering wheel. She's pedaling, trying not to fall. I'm holding her the whole time. Jesus is holding you, don't matter what storm you're in. He's right there. He's not going to let you fall. We go down the driveway a couple of times. I said, hey, Kenzie, I'm going to stand at the back and hold on to your little basket. Pops, don't turn me loose. I'll fall. So she rides down the sidewalk a little bit faster. She comes back. I turn loose. She rides down the driveway by herself. Kenzie, 
Pots is back here. You could not pay that child to put those training wheels back on that bicycle. She was afraid of change. She was uncomfortable. Those around her were, on a, were afraid of change. But let me tell you something. There's freedom in change. There's freedom. What am I saying to you this morning? You might be looking for your cheese in all the wrong places. The maze might be comp- confusing to you. It might be crazy. It might be confusing. It might be scary. It might not be light enough. The doors may be too close together. But I'm telling you, he said, I will always be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The maze that you're in today, it might be drugs. It might be alcohol. It might be abuse. It might be sin. It might be whatever it may be. It's, it's, it's got to change. It's got to change. Well, I've been changing. Well, if you've been changing, don't stop changing. I press towards the mark of the high calling. I believe this morning that there are people all over the world that will hear this message and be moved. But my passion is for those that I love the most. And that's you. That's my community. That's my town. As we said, that's my people. That's my culture. I'm not telling you to change. I'm begging you to change. Because what we're doing is the same thing over and over. And we're getting the same result. And we don't understand. And the handwriting is all over the wall. So who moved your cheese? God moved your cheese. He wants you to go a different path. He wants you to go to a different destination. And you have to trust Him. If you don't know Him today, this is the time. We've been taught for generations that you need to come to the altar and weep and wail and slash and dance and do all this. Listen, if you kneel where you are on your couch, sit there, and you just accept Jesus and say, Father, I am sorry. I'm a sinner. I invite you into my heart. Please help me change. Make me more like you. He said, I will forgive you. I will redeem you. If you're lost today, would you go to our Facebook page and just ask for prayer? I don't want nobody to know my name. We don't care. Everybody can be John Doe as far as we're concerned. God knows who you are. We don't need to know. If you need us to know, you'll tell us. But what I do know is, is that he knows your heart. I believe that God is moving across this world. I think you said something in the prayer before service this morning. God is shaking us. Something is brewing. I hear the train, they say in Tornado Alley. In Hawaii, they say the earth is troubled and the volcano is coming. Church, I want our community to say something's crazy going on in that place. And that place is your heart and life. Father, I thank you. Oh, I thank you. For your mercy. For your love. For your patience. God, that you would stick around and wait for a guy like me for so long just going through the motions playing the game but one day I felt you calling me nearer to you than I never felt before I sensed you longing for me to change I sensed you reminding me that you sent your son 
that I might have life and have it more abundantly, that I could be changed forever. God, I pray this morning that there's somebody, just one, just one, if you change their destination, if you change their location of their cheese, if you write their name in the Lamb's book of life, and the party begins in heaven, God, has been worth it all. It's been worth it all. So, Father, we honor you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Would you go to our website, www.mountolivephc.com. It's on the screen. If it's not, it has been throughout the service. Probably is right now. It's great staff we have. Go to our website. Let us know what's going on in your heart, where you are. But just remember this. God moved your cheese. Don't ever forget that. And he did it because he loved you. He cares about you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this message. For more access to our worship experiences, visit us at Mount Olive PH Church, 610 Normal Street in Pembroke, North Carolina, or join us online via Facebook.